0: You're listening to Inspirational Perspective with Lanelle Harris. Inspirational Perspective is all about murdering mediocrity and living the best life possible. Are you living the best life possible? You can subscribe to the Inspirational Perspective blog at www.inspirationalperspective.com. Follow Lanelle on social media. Go to Facebook and like the Facebook page Inspirational Perspective. You can also follow Linnell on Twitter and Instagram at the handle Linnell Harris. In this recording, Linnell asked his radio audience, "What did it take to get you where you are?" Let's join the conversation.
1: All right. So the last few weeks, yeah, I've been covering the topic, got knowledge. And a few weeks before, I uh, talked about the world is moving fast, and are you keeping up? And we talked about technology. And I asked a lot of questions, you know, is ignorance really bliss? That was a good show. And I also talked about can a lack of knowledge leave you separated from your destiny? I asked the question, can a person be happier if they simply don't know things can be better? And we've had a lot of good conversation about those questions that I've asked. Um, we've also addressed the questions regarding technology, and I spent maybe uh, two weeks on technology, talking about technology and how it's creating an additional divide. We already have the knowledge or educational the knowledge or educational divide that we're contending with in our communities, but we also have an economic divide, you know, a, f- a financial divide. And what I shared and we talked about is, you know, my belief that technology is quickly creating what I believe will be the most significant divide for generations to come. Um, And then we we talked about, you know, how ignorance has an exponential effect and that it can sometimes have a multi-generational impact. And so we've been up to quite a bit. A couple of weeks ago, Sheila Coates was on the show, and Sheila is the founder of BYOB, Be Your Own Brand. And she shared her formula for personal branding and also gave uh, us some rich dialogue for why we should all be striving to be unique and genuinely different uh, because everybody else is taken, as Sheila would say. And so if you haven't noticed, I've been beating – The same drum different ways all summer long, each show, each show really trying to push this idea of getting connected and getting knowledge, but not just getting knowledge, but also taking the knowledge, putting it into application and taking action. And Zach, you've been with me the whole time, man, but every, I would say every Saturday night from 10 to 11, basically hitting the same thing multiple different ways to keep them entertained. I mean, you, you, so you, you, you see how the flow has been going. Am I, am I right or am I off here? I, I think you're right. Okay. All right. And to be clear, all of these topics serve as a reminder for me too. And a way for me to stay on top of my own self-improvement and growth. And so hopefully it served you that way. And so tonight, my questions for the listening audience are simple, but I would say somewhat deep. And like I said, I've been, you know, kind of in introspection over the last week, you know, celebrating my birthday. And so you know the first question is, you know, what did it take to get you where you are? What did it take? You know, what exactly did it take? And, you know, it's funny because I think we all have an idea of what success is and what success isn't. And we have a measure stick that we throw out to maybe identify whether or not we feel like we are, you know, am I where I think I should be at this point in my life, et cetera. But whatever you are, you know, if you got a, a roof over your head and, uh, um, a bed that you can lay in, that means that you're somewhere, you've made some advancement and somebody had to help you get there. Uh, so what did it take? And then, you know, if you do feel like you've hit the mark, you know, this question is for you. If you feel like, hey, you know, I'm living my purpose and I'm I'm doing wh- exactly what it is I'm supposed to do. I want to know what sacrifices did you make? I think that uh, the listening audience could do well hearing that And because we live in an instant gratification society and typically you know <laughs> i heard uh, one of salim's callers talking about you know people praying to win you know mega millions right and <laughs> and so a lot of those type of prayers are going up without the work that typically should be aligned with that type of a dream so you know, what sacrifices did you have to make? Um, another question is, who helped you along the way? You know, so who helped you? And what are you doing to truly capitalize on this gift called life? You know, so a couple of questions. I've tossed out quite a few, but uh, I just I want to have a conversation about that this evening. You know, what are you doing to truly capitalize on this gift? Called life. Or maybe you don't even consider it a gift. You know, some people, uh, you know, I, I think you can't look at it as a gift if the intent is to take your life. And unfortunately, sometimes suicide is a reality. So some of us may not be looking at life as a gift. You know, so how do you look at it? Because regardless of how much you've achieved or how little, somebody has helped you, somebody has given you a gift. So what are you doing with your gift? And then how I want to end the show, I, I, I really want to talk about, you know, so if you've achieved what you believe you should be achieved or you've hit the mark, who are you helping? Who are you helping? You know, who have you, you know, bent down to a, extend a hand to? Uh, there's a quote that says the only time you should be looking down on someone is when you're helping them up. And so who are you helping and to whom have you extended that hand? And then, you know, if you call in, I'm going to ask, what has the impact been for you? Because I do believe that sometimes the mentor gets an even greater reward than the mentee. I know uh, that has definitely been the case for me, um, especially in these last six to seven months. So like I've said, it's my birthday week. And because of that, I can do what I want to do <laughs> hey that's what I, that's what I've been telling <laughs> all my friends, Zach, you know, starting uh Saturday night with my girlfriend. I could do whatever I want to do I, I'll remember that for October I'm going <laughs> to do the same thing <laughs> yeah, man. you know I didn't take the whole month Zach I just took I just took this past week, you okay. know, you might be pushing it for the whole month, although I do know a few people who do that, but it's my birthday week, and I've been counting my blessings and really considering the role others have played in my life, and truly taking stock of how much more I can do as an individual. So what did it take to get you here? Again, you know, some of the questions are, you know, who helped you along your way? You know, what, what are you doing to truly capitalize on this gift called life? And, and then I want to know, especially if you, you know, you feel like you're at a good place in life, you know, who are you helping? Or who do, who do you plan to help? All right, so uh, let's get the show going. I have Janet. Janet from right here in Chicago. Janet, you're on the air. Inspirational perspective. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you?
2: Good, and happy, happy birthday to you.
1: Oh, thank you. I appreciate that.
2: Love your show, and keep up the good work. My comment was, and um, I wanted to piggyback off of, and I'm glad you mentioned, um, one of the listeners that called in and spoke about the power of prayer in how prayer was not working okay And i don't want to misquote the person but i do want to say this as a person of faith and as a person with belief in the word and what god says about this whole aspect of life and so forth it depends on your mindset and what you believe in and how deep uh, your belief and your faith is but I would have to tend to disagree with the young man. I believe that prayer always works. But where we find the disconnect is with people who don't study
3: mm-hmm. and
2: people who don't really um, piece together what the Bible is saying. You have to study. You have to read. If that's your road book, or life.
1: You know, and and to that point, I was listening to that caller as well. That's back on Salim's show. And, you know, shortly after that, he said said something different. He said, you know, we have to understand the difference between pleading prayer versus a strategic prayer. And what I took from that was that I've read a source, you know, some time ago. I can't remember the book. But one of the things that the author was saying is you have to be very clear in your source thought. And what he meant by source thought is. You know, if you're praying or you know, or if you're meditating or if you're visualizing, whatever it may be or whatever it is that you believe, your source thought has to be pure. Because if it's Correct. if it's not, you can't fool God. And and right. I, I really like the way he said that because, you know, often I would say one of the reasons why, you know, people pray and say their prayers aren't getting answered is because they're probably not really clear on their source thought. Mm hmm
2: correct but also if you read in the bible it also says and i agree with that i did want and thank you for clarifying that for me um because i don't want to misquote the young man because i do agree with some part of what he said but i don't want for those in the olden days and even now that believe that really have a belief that prayer changes things falling down on your knees the the fervent Prayers of believers do make change, but if you also read the Bible, it says faith without works is dead. In other words, when you pray, you have to pray that what you put forth or what you bring forth is going to make that change. So you have to do
1: you have to do something uh,
2: in addition to just pray. You have to get off your feet and believe that when you make a step towards the change that you want to effectuate, that God is going to work underneath every twist and turn that you make in order for a true change to come about. But then again, too, I don't want to turn anyone away from prayer. If all they want to do is pray for the most part, then God can still, because he's all omnipotent. You know, all but the you know,
1: you know what I'll say, Janet, if all they want to do is pray, I, then I, I think they'll, they'll get it done. I think part of the problem is, you know, <laughs> you know you sit you you get down for one or two seconds and then you jump up and you expect things to change uh, Understand. And, and what i really like what i really like about what you said was the action piece because that's that's what i've you know uh, week after week, after week after week is action you know what are you going to do to take action
2: we have to stop just being The one that stands in the corner, and we have so much lip and glib about what's happening and what's not happening. We were all born into this world, and uh, we were born into situations that a lot of us did not create. But in order for change to effectuate, we have to be doers of some of the things, or at least put an effort for it and put a positive effort for it towards trying to make a change. And another thing that I wanted to bring about, uh, I mean, uh, to talk about or discuss before you go to someone else, is that no matter how big or how small you think you are in this big world of politics and and um, economics and things like that, change starts with you as an individual. Change starts with... You putting forth of effort. You may not be able to go to Washington. You may not be able to march. Mm-hmm. You may not be able to go into the council meetings or or talk to people you believe that are are very important. If you start with a positive mind yourself, and just start with the person that you meet every day, say something positive to them. Um, uplift them. That's how you can start to bring about change. Uh, we look I at. I love the- it big aspect or the big picture, but start with something small, your community, uh-huh. your school district, even, like I said, the person you meet on your way to work every day or that you meet walking to just to get a newspaper, you can effectuate change, and that way, if you bring something positive up and speak to them when you're speaking to them, you can make a change that way. So that's in terms of your, that's what I have to say about your topic today about life, And um, what you can contribute to life, you may not be able to do anything big or be able to get to the people to effectuate something big, but every small bit that you do to help the process, not hinder it, but to help the process, can, um, you know, bring about a positive change. So that's what I wanted to say on your topic. Well,
1: for Janet, I couldn't have said it better. I appreciate it. And I tell you, there's a quote, I'm gonna mess it up a little bit. But you know, what he <laughs> what, what the how the quote goes is, he goes, as I as I live, I begin to I begin to believe that there are no small things. Everything is, oh, no. everything that you do is big. And so, Absolutely. I mean, so thank you for being a ripple effect of change uh, with those comments you made.
2: Thank
1: you. All right. Thank you, All mm-hmm. All right. All right. We're going to move to Trey. Oh, no, no. I got Tommy. Tommy was first, and then Trey's next. So, Tommy, Tommy from the South Side, How you doing, brother? Mm-hmm.
4: First of all, uh, welcome home, my brother, and second, uh, happy birthday to you. I appreciate that. Um, I'd like to leave a sister who just uh, got off the phone with this, and it simply goes, As a man thinketh, so it is. The fool has already said, there is no God. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Mm -hmm. Study to show yourself approved, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And the bottom line to all of this stuff that we're talking about is the only change that individuals can actually affect is what's in their own hearts and what's in their own mind. Leastwise, uh, Linnell explained to me Mm -hmm. how uh, we could gather in Washington, D.C., for a 50 year uh, commemoration, but won't gather in these cities where we are absolutely perishing. Uh-huh. I mean, you yeah. know, you know I, I'm not knocking anything or anybody's, you know, whole, you know, whatever they feel a trip is. But when you really stop and you look at some very simple points here, you asked about a life changing moment uh, very quickly. I got arrested for something I never did. Uh, When I went uh, uh, in front of a judge, I had went uh, for a job interview. I missed Mm -hmm. my court date. He decided the thing to do was to put me down in the county jail in maximum security. Now, keep in mind, I had no record, had never did nothing, okay? So there I was with murderers uh arsonists child uh molesters uh uh robbers uh you name it they were there I'm talking mm-hmm. about what you see on t v these people there there it was live and 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 in living color And uh, at that point, uh, one night in a cell, it was so dark in the cell that the fine mesh wire or screen that they had on it, you could see the light of the Sears Tower blinking. Mm -hmm. And that's when I understood that I had leaned uh, to my own way. And where I had really messed up, Linnell, was with my belief in in what I I knew to be a higher power. Everybody's got their own thing, okay? That's why the Bible says, follow peace and holiness with all. Men, so you, you there is no reason to talk about Muslims, Jehovah Witnesses, mm-hmm. Seven Day Evangelists, or whatever anybody else thinks. Because see, if we all believe that there was a higher power, there's no way on earth that things could ever be the way that they are. And so, I don't want to take up a lot of time, your time, your your, your show is short. But our problem exists with simply uh, looking for a leader when we are leaders ourselves. Uh, uh-huh. The Bible says in James that you see uh, the face uh, in the mirror and you quickly forget what you see, and then you are tossed to and fro by the cunning the cunning craftiness of men who lie and wait to deceive. So here's the deal. How do I help now after I had that moment? After I recognized, man, look, I had really messed up, man, to even allow myself to be in a position to be arrested for something I didn't do. Right. From that moment to this moment, I have led my life – on behalf of all those who made similar choices and telling them that you can change your paradigm, you can change your direction, but in order to do that, the first thing you must realize is thoroughbreds don't hang out with much. You must come out from wherever you think you at, and if you want something you never had, you've got to do something you've not done. You've got to get around positive people. You've got to find your niche. You'll know it because you're out there trying, and it will be revealed to you. And then once it's revealed for you, you have to go forward full force. What I do, I ride around this city for all these people running around here talking about these kids don't want to work. And what I do with my company is I go through these neighborhoods, mm-hmm. and I see a bunch of guys standing on the corner, and I simply pull up and ask them, who today wants to make an honest day living and not look over their shoulder and be taught how to make a living instead of existing?" You would not believe. If only I had the resources, and I believe. Oh no, I believe. uh, I believe.
1: Yeah, I I, I would say most people want something that they can, they can, uh, they can attach themselves to.
4: And so I I just close with this, Mm Laila. The only reason why we're in trouble is because we believe that we can't. And we don't recognize and understand that there has to be something greater than ourselves, whatever higher power that you believe in, that has kept us all of this time. And the only prayerful thing that you can uh, say is that when I look at my daughter, I just want her to know my father never gave up. He never gave in. He never quit. And he stood for something. God bless you, Linnell. I love your
1: show. All right, man. Have a good evening. All right. Brother Tommy, a lot of stuff. But what I what I really like that he says is one of the reasons we we uh, we don't achieve is because we believe that we can't. That goes back to what I often say about uh, the mind being the impetus for everything that we do. So. uh, All right. So we've already had some pretty good dialogue, a couple of calls. Uh, The questions I've been asking this evening, who helped you along the way? You know, so what did it take to get you where you are now? And Who helped you along the way and who are you helping? And then the other question I'm looking for an answer to is what are you doing to truly capitalize on this gift called life? I've got Trey out of Minnesota. Trey. You on the air with inspirational perspective.
3: But now, what's up, man?
1: How you doing, brother?
3: Doing pretty good. Happy birthday, my man.
1: I appreciate it.
3: My birthday is uh, Wednesday, so you missed the Virgo train by about a week. So
1: it's I'm okay all right, out. but I'm all right with that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway,
3: the question, man. Um, I was thinking about it. I was listening to your other callers. I uh, was thinking about the questions that you that you posed tonight, mm-hmm. and I, I think the the question of who helped you along the way is kind of a a deep question, because I think that help comes from so many sources that that's we true. don't even realize mm-hmm. necessarily our help, but they become part of our fabric and um so for me, I mean I could say you know the obvious things my older brother um works for a major corporation, and um he's a big inspiration of mine when it comes to success to what I look at as success, and so I think that's the obvious um I think the The upbringing that my mother gave me, you know, in church and away from the streets was a great help. Mm -hmm. But I think taking personal responsibility has been been the biggest help. You know, I think the thing that has helped me the most is realizing that when I make mistakes, learning from those mistakes and, you know, choosing to make a different decision. The next time I, I have a lot of Family members. I'm from Chicago, uh, live in Michigan, but I'm from Chicago, born in Chicago. A lot of family that is back in Chicago that have uh, some younger family members that have made some mistakes. And I think a lot of time what holds them back is not realizing that things don't have to remain the same, that you can make a different decision.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think that's what Brother Tommy was talking about, right? Yeah. You know, he had yeah. an epiphany while he was locked up. I mean, yeah. so yeah, you don't have to make the same mistakes.
3: And so I think one of the other question you asked was, what do you do to give back? You know, I don't necessarily believe that I've arrived or anything of that nature, but I think I'm doing okay. Mm-hmm. And so I think what the thing is to do to give back is to do whatever you can do. I don't think you necessarily have to be successful, quote unquote, to, to give back. I think giving back happens every day. Uh, I think uh, I'm a big believer in what we call, some people call karma, what some people say, you know... Do unto your neighbor, but I think that what you put out there in the atmosphere will come back to you. So I think that any little thing that you can do right. to give back is always going to help you. It's not
1: going to hurt you. No, it's not um, going to hurt at all. As, as a matter of fact, I believe that there's a significant reward uh, when you're giving back. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And so, like, I mean, I think that what you do. Uh, on this show is a great and and on your blog is is just a great example of giving back. You're sharing your personal perspective of what's going on with you and how you feel inspired about different things and you're sharing and you're hearing back from different people about what inspires them and I just think that's a great way to give back. I think that you know, a lot of people think, okay, well, in Arizona, but you know, that's just him. That's what his life choice is. But I think that's just something that we all can do. It's, you know,
1: it's absolutely. Just because yeah. you know,
3: it's not even what your career is, but it's just something what you choose to do mm-hmm. outside of what you actually do, which is awesome. You know, I mean, I think that's amazing. So, I think that's something that we all can, you know, take your example and just kind of, you know, use whatever skills we have. To uh, whether it's me being, you know, cooking or doing something, having people over my house for my community and that's right. You know, Trey, you're you're a chef,
1: right? You're a chef.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So, but yeah. you know, I would have community cookouts and you know, have people over or take my, you know, kids fishing or whatever you can do to give back on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously we're really busy people and we can't do everything every day, but you know, when you get a chance to give back. And uh, you know, share some of whatever success you might have been blessed with with somebody else. Then always comes back to you. So, all right, that would be my uh, perspective
1: tonight. Uh, Trey, I appreciate the phone call, brother, and uh, I enjoy <laughs> enjoy rapping with you on uh, Facebook this afternoon.
3: <laughs> all I, right, now uh, hey, take it easy, man. I'll talk to you soon.
1: All right, you too. All right, bye. Okay, uh, Trey. So thank you for the phone call you know learning from your mistakes learning from your mistakes and uh happy birthday to you too Trey coming up uh Wednesday um so obviously i love birthdays i think you guys know that and uh you know birthdays come around one time a year for all of us and uh you know i take it as an opportunity to be you know just unapologetic you know make the day unapologetically about me you know that's the that's that i'll do that for that one day <laughs> And, you know, believe me, that's what I do. And as a matter of fact, I've said it already, but I don't just take the day, man. I take the entire week. Now, while the selfish aspects of celebrating a birthday can be quite appealing, you know, there's also other reasons I'm fond of birthdays. And I would say the second reason I'm fond of birthdays is because I believe that a birthday can serve as almost a second new year. You know, so you know, you think about New Year's, and it's coming fast. I mean, we're moving into September, uh, you know, by next week, and so one week from now, and so if you think about how you spend December. You know, kind of reflecting on your year. At least that's what I do. Right? You know, I'm reflecting on my year, especially when you get to that last week of the year. All right, did I accomplish my goals? Let me let me go. You know, pull out what I've written down that I said I would have accomplished. And, and what is that looking like, you know, and kind of doing a barometer test there. But birthdays can serve as that as that as well. And I would ask you all to take it from a very appreciative standpoint. You know, so, you know, OK, you get to a certain age and you say, this, well, this is what I would have wanted to do. Well, still out of time. Actually, on the way to the show tonight, I was talking to a friend of mine and he was saying, you know, man, you know, I'm 35 and I, I haven't necessarily accomplished what I wanted to accomplish. And I told him, I said, well, look, man. One of the wonderful things about life is if you're giving if you're given a long life and now with modern medicine and and, uh, you know, the way things are looking, they can they can help keep us. If you take care of yourself, you know, you figure he's not even halfway through his life. I told him, I said, you got a lot of you got a lot of runway and uh, some remarkable things happen for people when they're uh, much more mature than what happened for them when when they were young. I think uh, Peter Drucker, I've talked about him before, a great author, and uh, did some of his best work after the age of 63. So, you know, you can use it as a barometer test, but, you know, I wouldn't say to use it to beat yourself up, but rather to get focused on what it is that you want to accomplish. So I believe birthdays provide an opportunity to reflect on our lives, you know, measure our progress towards accomplishing those written goals, recalibrate yourself. And then the third reason I love a birthday is because it can serve up a great opportunity to just stop. Just to stop and reflect an opportunity to turn around and look back. And, you know, this past Thursday, I celebrated, you know, my day. And over the course of this past week, I took some time to just recalibrate and and then to reflect. And during my reflection, I came across an interesting thought in question. And that's where, you know, the question for tonight came. Uh, But what did it take to get me here? And by here, I mean the following. So, you know, 37 years old. I remember I had a caller who called and said, man, I don't know how old you are. You know, but, you know, you haven't really seemed to experience much life. And I'm going to hit that before the end of the show. But, you know, 37 years as an inhabitant on this planet to get to this very point in my life. And, you know, it makes me think about the process of birth. You know, my mind goes back. I had an opportunity. You know, I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm a people watcher. And so I saw two pregnant women. They came into a restaurant sometime back. And both of them seemed really uncomfortable, man. <laughs> Real uncomfortable. And you get that. And after observing these two women, you know, two more distinct thoughts popped into my mind. I just wondered, you know, I wonder, will their children, you know, ever truly understand the discomfort and pain their births cause their mothers? You now I wonder that, you know, and it just it always makes me think about my own mother and, uh, and how I feel about her. And then I also thought, you know, will these two children be afforded the blessings of life? For as long as I've been blessed to live, I mean, because, you know, nothing's guaranteed. And so after all that discomfort, you know, will they be given a long life? You just really don't know. I mean, life is a gift. And I warned you guys. I'm a guy. I'm getting real introspective. But this is the kind of stuff that goes through my mind, man, uh, around my birthday. Uh, You know, last year, a good friend of mine called me and he wished me a happy birthday. And, you know, first thing that came out of his mouth is, man, you're getting old. And, I, you know, and that's all relative. I'm sure I have some listeners who are a lot older than I am thinking, uh, you, you're a young buck. But, you know, for, for us, you know, you're starting to <laughs> look 40 in the face. It makes you think about some things. And uh, so we chuckled a bit. And his next comment held more weight than, uh, you know, I think either of us could have expected because I was speechless for a moment. And what he said was, Linnell, you only have two options, man. And I think, you know, that uh, we can both agree that aging is the best of the two, the best of the two options. And so, you know, I thought to myself and said, yeah, you only get two options, either you age or you don't. And if you stop aging, well, that means you're done. And so I'll I'll take this option all day long. And I told him, I said, well, indeed it is. Indeed, this is the best option. And so, you know, this evening, I want to leave you with three basic truths that I've been thinking about. And the first one is our mothers deserve our sincere gratitude. So I talked about the two women that I saw. And for most of us, you know, they love us despite the physical and emotional pain that we cause them. Um, and no human being is perfect. You know, we're not perfect. We're not the perfect children to our mothers and our mothers aren't the perfect mothers. But regardless of our mistakes, their mistakes, All of our imperfections or our shortcomings, you know, I really do believe moms deserve love just based off that merit alone. All right. And uh, don't want to leave the fathers out. We love you, too. But, uh, you know, the good fathers out there. And if we happen to be fortunate enough to have parents that instill principles, you know, the kind of principles that you can build your life on, then I think there should be even a deeper gratitude. And so I, I think there's a gratitude that you, you can share simply because, you know, that's your parent, that's your mom. But even deeper gratitude if, you know, you know that they took time out with you to teach you. And I think sometimes we look past that. And, and then when you get to a certain age, you, you know, you try to feel, you know, or you may even say, hey, well, I did this on my own, when in fact you did very little on your own. And I think Trey said it best. It's a complicated question. Because there are so many people who laid out the way for us. Frederick Douglass has a quote and he says, it is easier to raise a good child than to repair a broken man or in that case, a broken woman. Uh, so and that's my first reflection. All right. My second one is, you know, life is a wonderful gift. And so, you know, I ask the question, what are you doing to truly capitalize on this gift? And I think we all should be squeezing every drop out of life like it's a towel, you know, like you, you know, when you get the kitchen towel and you're trying to wipe off the counter, you know, look at life that way. Are you squeezing every drop that you can get out of life? You know, what are you leaving on the table? It's such a, a beautiful gift and it's a quick gift. So what are you doing with that? And then number three, age is a blessing. And, I, you know, it's funny because I, I look at it two ways. Right. I can I play ball this morning. <laughs> And I tell you, I basketball, and, and I I can remember, you know, being a much better basketball player <laughs> than I am now. And I will attribute nothing but age to that man. You know, you know, not, and, and responsibility. You know, you just can't get on the court the way you used to get on the court. And uh, and like I said, there are only two two options, and so aging by far is the best of the two. And so what I would say is embrace it. You know, well, my inspirational perspective on aging, embrace it. And for those of us who are younger, you know, let's be sure to respect it, you know, in action by how we treat those who are our elders. And so I've been fortunate and blessed. And I was uh, born to some loving parents who took the time to instill strong principle and made some significant uh, sacrifices uh, to ensure I got a good education, et cetera if I didn't say it, by the way, love your ma. <laughs> and uh, you may want to, you know, send a shout out to yours. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely willing to hear you out on that one. You know, you all may remember this and I just spoke about it. But about a month ago, one of the listeners called in to comment on the topic that we had. And uh, the caller shared that he felt I had a Pollyannish view. Of life based on the tone of the show, you know, because I am positive, you know, and I know I have I keep a lot of optimism uh, on the show. And so he he then questioned whether or not I would have the same optimistic attitude and inspirational perspective another 20 years from now after I'd experienced a bit more of life. And then he solidified his stance by saying, you know, life takes a toll on people. And that's what he said. That's the quote. Life takes a a toll on people. He may be listening. And this week, you know, so I'm celebrating my birthday. And, you know, just so happened I listened to the recording of that show and I couldn't help but think about what he said. You know, and I still feel relatively young. I would like to think that I look even younger. (laughs) And yes, I've often greeted. I'm often greeted with the reality of aging. You know, things are changing. We talked about my body. I'm, I'm sore right now from playing earlier and, uh, you know, thinning hair, et cetera. Father time has no favorites. And uh, with each breath we take, the clock ticks to keep us in time's rhythm. And so we're all bound by it. What the caller didn't know is that he doesn't have to wait 20 years to see if life has taken its toll. And, uh, you know, just in reflection, you know, I've learned in my short time on Earth, you know, what I've learned in my short time on Earth is that life will take whatever toll we're willing to pay. And um, a few months ago, I read a poem called Life's uh, Actually, it's My Wage by Jesse B. Rittenhouse. And uh, I'll be sharing that poem again later. If the time allows. I got, you know, a few minutes. But plenty of things have happened to me that I would have never chosen. You know? And so I mean, he's talking about life taking a toll. I think sometimes people get a picture of who you are in, a, in the moment versus what you've, where, you know, who you've been or what you may have experienced. <laughs> and, you know, I've been handed my share of bumps and bruises. And so uh, I wanted to be clear about that. You know, life is tough and stuff happens. And in the last 20 years, I've made some terrible decisions that have led to some tough consequences. You know, and you know, I, I think Brother Tommy, I keep going back to him because I know how well he's doing now. And, you know, he talked about being in prison, but I do know he's an entrepreneur, a successful entrepreneur at this point. All right. So I think sometimes people can take a snapshot, right, of what's happening and say, oh, OK, this person's had it easy. You know, they they, in their mind, they think they couldn't they couldn't have anything like what I've had because they're not where I am. But you'd be surprised what some people have pushed through. And, uh, you know, my life has been marked by plenty of failures and mistakes, you know. But I'm still here to celebrate another year. And that's the beauty of it. So this week, you know, I, I wanted to share a few things that have made all the difference for me. And my attitude on life, but before I do that, I'm gonna jump to Tara. Tara's uh, on the line here. So, Tara, your inspirational perspective.
2: Hey, hey, happy how birthday? are you?
1: Thank you, I appreciate. Oh, great! It.
2: Happy birthday! Yeah, you almost into the forty club, so don't start crying about them aches and pains quite yet.
1: Oh, you say there's more of them to come, huh? <laughs> oh yeah,
2: and you ain't lived your best year yet till you hit forty. Forty is awesome.
1: Uh, I love it. So love all it. the
2: bumps and bruises kind of thin out a little little bit more. I appreciate But you that. know everything you said and everything the caller said is you know we're right we're right on point. Mm-hmm. And you are a great inspiration cuz you have picked me up out of some the deadness of my own mind. The mind is so powerful. It and is. just and I always talk about when I lost my son because that's when I stopped. Right. And that's when I stopped living. And you said to me, don't we get so stuck in our own situations, and that is so true. But you have to push past it.
1: And, and, and real quick, Tara, to give to give but, to give some some of the listeners some context. You know, you and I had a thirty-minute conversation on the air, man, mm-hmm. about two three months ago. Right. Yeah, yeah, and so that's what Tara's uh, sharing right there. Um, yeah, so and I, I
2: did. I wanted to stay stuck where I was. I really didn't want to, but I was in my mind. Mm-hmm. And so and just by listening to you, and I always say, you got to want it. So I was just searching for it and just to pull, just that, pull it out of you, you know, the positiveness. Yeah, you can get through this no matter, you know, the hard times. Everybody has them. But That's it's true. all in your mind. It's about what you want to do, how far you want to take it. Because my son died. as been six years ago. Yes, it's still hard. But I didn't want to stay stuck in 10 years later down the road. Mm-hmm. still be in that same position. Right. You know, I wanted to move past it. So you have to get out there and make it work for you.
1: It, you know, put your yep. faith
2: in action, put your mind in action, make a decision that this is not where I want to stay.
1: And action being the key word. all the
2: time. Some things happen to me. Mm-hmm. You know what? Terrible things. Guess what? I picked myself back up. You know, and it wasn't easy the whole time. Right. You know, you pick yourself back up, you duck yourself off, and you keep on going.
1: And you know what, Tara? You know, I believe. We, I believe some of the best things are in store for you. You know, in, in the future, I uh, really do. The
2: best is yet. To, the best is yet to come.
1: I believe that. And I appreciate yeah. your call. Thank you so much for for giving me a call. Oh, and thank, thank, you. thank you for the birthday yep. wish.
2: Yep. Just will you just keep
1: waiting? Uh, okay.
2: You to remember that forty? Oh yeah, forty.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks. Have a All good right. Night. Have a good night. All right. Yep. Bye. All right. Yeah tara so man i remember that conversation i'm so happy that she's uh she's made a significant shift which is uh ultimately what i'm looking for uh, for for all of us so before before tara called in i uh i was sharing a few things that have made all the difference for me and the first first is my attitude on life i'm gonna be quick here because i'm running out of time but I have chosen to view my circumstance with a positive lens. It's a choice I'm making. I've chosen to be an optimist because to me, being a pessimist is just no fun. You know, the second one, wisdom is rare. And so if you work to acquire wisdom, maybe you can lead a life that is rare. Number three, I believe in being mentored and in mentoring Two free ways to instill important principles and learn invaluable lessons. I'm going to come back to that in a second. And then I also believe this. This is number four. Time used to gain knowledge is time well spent. And so because of that, I will be a life learner. Number five, integrity matters. You know, and this is something that hit me early this year because there were things in my life that were out of integrity. I haven't perfected this, but my life's work will be to keep my thoughts, words and actions aligned. Integrity. Number six. I will always strive to be authentically me, no matter who disagrees. You know, you're going to get Linnell. Linnell, that's who's going to show up. And then number seven, I endeavor to embrace vulnerability, true love, and accept the love that comes back to me. And the funny part is, while it's hard to, you know, experience true love, I do believe it's also harder for us to accept love. Take a look. Write it down. Do I accept love? Because it's hard. It's hard because it makes you vulnerable. All right. But those are the things that have really been on my mind. And this week marks, you know, my birthday. So instead of just asking you to reflect, I'm going to be asking you all for a simple but important gift. All right. So I want a gift. Often I don't ask you all for anything, but I'm asking. Please take some time to reflect on what made a difference in your life. All right. And then I want you to identify a young person who you believe needs a mentor and be that mentor. Take a sincere interest in this young person's life and pour whatever wisdom you have into them. All right. I wouldn't be who I am today if others hadn't cared enough to share their time, resources and knowledge. You never know who you're pouring into. And as for the caller who called a couple of months ago. This is what I have for you now that I've had an opportunity to really think about it. 20 years from now, my hope is that I am more deeply rooted in the perspective that an optimistic attitude leads to a positive life. 20 years from now, my hope is that I've led a purposeful, action-orientated life, which creates a positive influence that has a reverberating and exponential impact on countless others that I will never know nor meet. And if that is the life I can live, it's tolls I will gladly undertake. And so to that gentleman who asked that question, thanks in in advance for that gift. And so, uh, you know, in conclusion, one of the last observations I have is our society tends to celebrate the birth of new concepts, products and people without much recognition for the person or people whose hard work made the celebration possible. So, you know, find that person who's made things possible for you and celebrate them. All right. You know, that's the thought. And for those of you, I was going to share Jesse uh, B. Rittenhouse's uh, poem, uh, but uh, we're out of time. And so I will post it on the Inspirational Perspective Facebook page. Go out there. Check it out. I'll put it on as soon as the show is over and uh, and uh, take a look at that. But it's called My Wage. and It's about life's wage.
0: This episode of Inspirational Perspective was recorded at the Midway Broadcasting Corporation in Chicago, Illinois on WVON 1690 AM, The Talk of Chicago. Thank you for listening. Go to Inspirational Perspective's Facebook page and like the page. Follow Linnell Harris on social media at the handle Linnell Harris. You can find him on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with that handle. Text INSPIRED to 43783 to receive free inspirational quotes and updates.